Welcome to the Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEO Podcast. I'm Martin Harsberger, President of Measurable Results, LLC, and martinharsberger.com. I'm a retired CEO of both a manufacturing company and a third-party logistics company. We were lucky enough to grow both to eight-figure organizations. I've been consulting with small and mid-tier companies for the past 16 years. Our mission with this podcast is to provide a forum to help CEOs in these critical industries share their stories, share best practices, and learn from each other. If you'd like to be a guest in our podcast, go to www.martinharsberger.com slash apply. Each interview will take about 30 minutes. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome to this episode of Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEOs. I'm Martin Harsberger, your host. Today I have B.D. Erickson, the CEO of SADIC USA. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Martin. Tell us about SADIC. I looked at your we are, yeah, we're at staticusa.com is our website, S-A-T-I-C-U-S-A.com. And we are a small American manufacturer. We are a tech firm. We're in the clean energy space. Uh, we manufacture products for domestic and global export right here. Uh, each one is made with love and a measure of pride in Missoula, Montana, Martin. Well, I look at your website and uh, tell me a little bit about the product because I'm, I'm my background's electric too. Uh, okay. Engineering. So I have a little bit of a knowledge of what you're talking about, but uh, it's kind of interesting. Well, I was kind of looking forward to this interview to see how that, how that plays out. So tell us about what your product does and, and who it helps and what the benefits you are. You know, so, so the technological world that we live in changes, right? So we know that the Romans built the aqueducts in this marvel of engineering and they had water and, and, you know, water and restrooms and things like that. And that was, that's a game changer, right? We know that, you know, turn of the century in Kitty Hawk, um, guys flew and that had an impact on our world. And we live in the technology world today where everyone has got iPads and iPhones and all these things. And really what has impacted our electricity, our electrical use and the quality of our electricity more than anything was probably lighting. Um, and up until the nineties, we really used Thomas Edison's incandescent light bulb. For 130, 150 years, Martin, we used this thing, right? And it just got hot. And in getting hot, it did two things. Number one, a byproduct of this heat was light. So it lit your world. Um, and number two, it actually cleans the electricity that passes through it, believe it or not. It's a purely resistive load and any distortion of harmonics gets turned into heat. Well, we did something, you know, um, accidentally or nefariously, we changed from that Edison light bulb two CFLs, that compact fluorescent lamp, which is the curly Q. Well, he doesn't clean electricity. He makes it dirty. So if each person, according to the Department of Energy, has, let's say, 30 light bulbs in your life, then I want you to think about the impact of that. Every American and potentially world electricity and light user went from, let's use America, 30 energy cleaners, electricity cleaners in your home, to 30 electricity dirtiers. That had a profound impact on the electricity moving through the grid, our homes, et cetera. And we did something else. We added all these DC devices, your phone, your laptop, your tablet. If it has a battery, it's direct current. Well, the wiring in your home is alternating current. So you got to have that little box on the plug, got to have that little thing. And what that does is it clips the wave. So it strobes, if you will, at 60 hertz, because we have 60 hertz electricity. That's not good for anything that's alternating current on the line. That also disrupts, lessens the quality of the electricity. So 
you know, people say, well, what's dirty electricity? Is it real? It's just electricity, Martin, that's outside of some standards. You have to have some parameters, right? You've got to have volts, amps, watts, a measure of harmonic distortion, fields, and all these things. And it's gotten so far out of ideal standards that it's now called dirty electricity. It does a couple of things. It's inefficient. It's wasteful. And it's now been proven beyond contestation to be bad for you and I. So very few people were acknowledging it or addressing it. What we did is stepped up to recognize this problem and say, hey, we're going to build our business off making filters. Just like a Brita filter for your water, we're going to make a filter for your electricity. And when our system is used, the electricity is clean, it's regulated, your stuff is cool, your phone will charge cool and fast, the lights won't flicker and things like this strobing, your DVR and things will be cooler, your power bill will go down, and if you believe in you know the, the EMF science and things that are out there, it's also better for you, the biological person living in the home. Usually when you think of dirty electricity in manufacturing, that's kind of my background, Think about you install capacitor banks or you install yes. uh, filters, whatever, trying to trying to clean it up so it doesn't damage the equipment. Uh, so uh, that's usually pretty high voltage stuff. So you you deal primarily in one twenty or, or you, great question. Great question. You just nailed it. So one form of dirty energy could potentially be low power factor. You don't want low power factor. It doesn't save anybody any money in the home. But if you could choose good power factor or poor, you choose good because yeah. you don't want to be moving all these extra amps. It just turns into heat and it's wasteful, right? Um, so when I was a kid, electricity was so clean that TVs and things didn't have natural filters in them. My mom would come in and vacuum after school. I'm watching Gilligan's Island, right? Or I Dream a Genie. And when my mom would vacuum, it would put lines in the TV, Martin. You could see it. Um, right you, you remember that right yeah you can hear your sister's blow dryer on your radio don't say <laughs> you couldn't yes you could you know yeah you could yeah. so that was the distortion coming from that motor going back on the common line she didn't climb behind the tv to plug it in she plugged it in in the hall or someplace she had a lot of cord room right that's the magic of vacuuming how many times can i not move the cord right so, so even from somewhere away she could dirty the electricity and so now you don't see that because a lot of tvs have filters but audiophiles, guitar guys, band guys love our stuff because you can hear it on your amp. Hammer radio guys can hear that distortion. Factory guys love it. Bitcoin miners are some of our best customers because you just create all this heat. And so now you're distorting, you're making the electricity dirty and your equipment is subject and sensitive to it. And so you have the, the, a problem that you're creating hurting your own stuff. And heat soak's not good for equipment. Equipment wants to be cool. Yeah. Heat soak shortens equipment life. So what you just asked is, yes, this is most of our customers are residential. So it's basically the same idea um, on a 120, 240 scale with more components. So the stuff that you'd think of, surge protector, it's in there. Tuned capacitor bank, it's in there. Um, harmonic rectifiers and filters, they're in there. So, you know, you're looking for, Electromagnetic fields, electromagnetic interference, harmonics, distortion, and power factor all in one. So when people say, you know, well, you know, is your IP disruptive? Well, we are definitely disruptive in the marketplace because we're kind of first to market. Nothing in there is bleeding tech, Martin. I mean, guys like you, if I went down the list, well, for your stereo, 
you want to filter this. For your guitar amp, you want to filter this. For your factory, oh, you want capacitors and you want rectifiers. For surge, you want this. What we tried to do was find the very best people at doing that. Who's doing this thing the best? Work with them, source their components, listen to their advice, not tell that expert. Listen to his advice and then stage those components on circuit boards in a way that you could just plug in or wire in one thing, not six things, and have it be the highest quality that you can find in a reasonably affordable, modular, easy to install and use package. That's what we do. So how did you get into this? It's going to sound silly. So it's weird how life takes you down the little road. And I believe in the law of attraction. I, I believe there's, there's more things than we can see. You know, think about somebody from high school you haven't seen in 30 years. The guy calls you, right? Or you're thinking about something and there you see it. Um, so I was working in lighting and I was selling high quality compact fluorescent bulbs, the curly Q guy, the alpha guy in the Middle East, because our bulb was very expensive. It had no distortion. It had no harmonics, had 99 power factor, which unusual for those are usually at about 40 or 50, but they're very expensive. Um, in the Middle East, electricity was so expensive, we had a market for it. Well, we moved home from Hawaii to Montana, where I'm actually natively from, and we bought a house under huge power lines. Now, I didn't think about it at the moment. God darn it. These yeah. are the biggest power lines in Missoula. Pretty soon, our whole family is glowing, and I'm not teasing. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, but boy, don't think you can't feel it. You can't. All the grass under its dead. And my son, who was uh, 12, had gone from straight A student, perfect attendance, just a good kid, fun attitude, didn't have any trouble, to being anxious, to being irritable, to not sleeping. And so, you know, they want to put him on a pill. I, I'm not, I don't want to drug my kid. I'd really, because he wasn't like this before. So I don't want to just drug my kid into, into a daze. I, I want to find out what's changed. Is it adolescence? Is it me? Um, what's happening? And I really went down the rabbit hole there of dirty electricity, of electromagnetic, well, specifically electromagnetic fields that come off high voltage power lines. They're not good for you. They're just, yeah. they're not. Nobody wants to live under power lines. Do you want the cell tower on your house? You don't. You just naturally don't. And so, then I really thought about the correlation between the lighting that I was selling and it's good quality. Could that be good for your health? And I just thought, no, and I'm not an easy sell. I'm not high pressure. Doesn't work on me. Um, I, I'm not quick to drink the Kool-Aid. Um, I'm just, I don't go off the high dive into the pool. I go down the stairs. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but once I began to investigate it, I kept finding all these studies, dairy cows, they hate dirty electricity plants they hate it and you get better milk quality taste production when these guys are not in an electrical environment i'm sorry amish milk is better don't say it's not it is it's delicious that poor guy thinks he's a pet he kind of is you know he has around the amish so you I, know I, what i'm okay it's <laughs> it's tastier man um and then i saw these greenhouses and grows in canada and you know, you can see the, the strawberry or the tomato growing towards the light, growing towards the nutrition and growing away from dirty electricity. So I just put it together for me. Hey, I'm not a cow. I'm not strawberry or grass, but I am biological. And if it's bad for those things, it would track. And so the sales pitch is, is multifaceted. It's a really great surge protector. We all know what those are. 
it, it's a great harmonics filter and distortion if you're a ham radio guy or stereo guy, audiophile, musician. Um, the EMFs, if it's bad for your health. And then every piece of equipment would like a tuned capacitor, ideally, it can live without it, but it'd like it. Um, and so I just, I went down the road. I didn't, I didn't see anybody doing what I felt I wanted and what I needed. And I just decided that my son's health, it was important. I needed to solve it for him. And if I came out the other side with a business model, then, then that's what I'm going to do. Well, it's exactly how I started my business. I had a problem with, with a large company and I thought everybody's got this problem. So I went out and solved it and, and it worked well. And that's, that's a great way to do it. Uh, and again, I was, I was on a friend into that too. So I, I can, uh, and relate what you're saying. Uh, where do you think, uh, what, what are your biggest opportunities and threats in your business, you think? Supply chain. So my, question. right? Yeah, so my, 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 in the beginning, it was identifying my customer. So, okay, I'm drinking my own Kool-Aid, right? I'm too close to it. I think this is the greatest thing ever, um, but I'm living in it. So how do you, A, find the person that thinks or believes like you do or has a problem like you. You said there's a problem. Nobody's solving it. I'm going to solve it. And then when you're one of the first guys in the pool to solve it, you become the go-to guy, yeah. right? And then your business grows. That's the spot that I'm in. Everyone thought I was nuts for three years. I lost my tail. I lost 200, 300 grand a year for the first three years. You know, your buddies are making 90 grand, 100 grand a year. You're losing 200, right? Yeah. It's, it's hard to stay the course. After the fourth year, that people are like, are you nuts? Well, I began to turn it around because I identified my customer. And then you have to identify what did they want to hear and, and where do they get their news? How do, I, how do I deliver that to them? So once that was initially the problem, who's my customer? How do I deliver the message? And where, where, where do I give it to them at? Now, now that we have the big customers, the orders are coming in. They're larger than we're used to. And wouldn't you know it, every boat in the world is parked off the coast at three ports in, in America. So when we got these huge orders, you want to put your best foot forward with these companies and you want to ring the tell, Martin, right? You want to, you want to capitalize on all this hard work and our circuit boards are, are stuck in boats. And um, so our greatest threat right now, I believe, is that all the seeds we've planted and watered are now producing fruit and our customers are ready for product. And the supply chains are so, you know, challenged right now that getting components is hard and a lot of people are really struggling to find labor now i don't suffer that for whatever reason the corporate culture that we've got here i have two or three really great resumes on my desk right now that that need jobs i just need to find a home for them here because we've run out of room and i get emails and connections quite frequently that people would like to come and i'm, I'm a recruiter headhunter extraordinaire when I'm at a place and I see the best dispatch gal at work I've ever seen, I get her card. I do. I write her number down and I would never go head to head with my local business guy and try and steal his guy. That's not who I am. That's not playing fair. But I let her know that if office politics or her life changes or anything in her life isn't all that she wants it to be, I would certainly love a shot at helping her get there. So that's one of the things in, in, in the culture of our business and my you know, mental thinking behind my team building that keeps a nice flow of workers. Um, but that is something I have to be cognizant of and very um, specific to do. But the other one, I don't mean to rabbit trail on you, Martin, it's, it's supplies. 
it's 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 you know not having one supplier having three suppliers and having a constant decent sized flow of all these parks coming from all and i live in montana like i i don't live yeah. you know in eastern tennessee where the two biggest freeways in the world converge that's just not my destiny i'm in montana so i have more logistical challenges than the average guy yeah it's pretty country out where you are i, I went through there uh, but you're right it's not on the beaten path so uh, you're exactly right. We live here because it's beautiful and off the beaten path. So for all that gives you, it also taketh away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where are you going to focus in the next two, three years? So we're, we're launching a new line right now, and it's going to be more attractive and slightly more, slightly per better performance, but really our products work great. That's not a really big change. I want them to be more handsome and easier to assemble, easier to manufacture. Uh, people try and buy my company. We do great gross rev. We have really good EBITDA and earnings. They want to move it. They want to move it. They want to move to India. They want to move to China. No, you can't. Everybody can't do that, Martin. If everybody does that, we're just a bunch of consumers. You can't. Yeah. Somebody's, somebody's got to draw a line and say this far, no further. And well, you could, you could make $10 more a unit. I don't need it. My, my last, this podcast is about trying to reshore manufacturing. I mean, my background, I came from you know, in the Pittsburgh area originally and, and, and know about hot steel and, and so on. And, and uh, what we want to do is bring the, some of that back. I, I had a guy call, contact me yesterday that wanted to be on the podcast. And I didn't understand what he did looking at his website. So I talked to him last night and he's, he's a sourcing. And I said, what does that mean? He said, well, I source products offshore and we manage it for you. Sound like in my podcast. <laughs> I'm not looking to source offshore. I'm trying to help these guys, trying to help these guys make it here. You know, so uh, it's. It, I got the lecture about global, you know, thinking globally. Well, yeah, you know, it, 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 there's a there's a security issue with what we're doing right now. We don't make anything. Yeah, uh, steel and everything else. I mean, we're we're struggling. So I mean, I think it's a wake up call if we're if we're smart enough to look at it, right. So, Martin, I don't want to give your presentation, but I sit the board of the Montana Manufacturing Association, the Montana Manufacturing Extension Center, the District Export Council. The health of a community, right, is in direct proportion to the new dough. So what do I mean? Okay, so I get my paycheck. Do I put it under my mattress? I should. I don't. I get a pizza. I get my haircut. I get some new jeans. I get snow tires and Bobby mows my lawn. Okay, so I can spend... I now send, give that dollar to my hairdresser, for example. She doesn't put it in her mattress either. She gets her hair done and she gets her lawn mowed and she gets gas and she gets groceries and rent. You can spend that dollar six times. And then that $6 has been taxed into oblivion. Federal and state taxes have now disappeared. So if no new money comes in, in six exchanges, your economy dies. So people love tourism because they drive in through and they leave this money. But manufacturing, here's the most patriotic thing you can do. You ready? Build an electronic where you live or build a product where you live and ship that overseas. And you bring that money home. You repatriate that money. You pay federal and state taxes. You pay local printers, shippers, uh, suppliers. You pay your W-2 employees and they spread that out. If you really want to be patriotic, send it to one of our enemies. Bring that money straight okay. home. 
right? It is my presentation. Nice job. <laughs> I believe this from the heart. This is who I am and what I do, baby. So um, so recently we got a little brass insert, right? 10, 30 seconds, you're gonna, you're gonna land a screw in something. You've got to have an insert to, to bite that screw, the female, right? There's a company very close to us in Spokane, Washington, about two hours away. And I'm having a hard time getting these things. And I went to him, I said, can you make me this? He says, talk this to tool up. And that I said, can you make this? He says, yes. I said, I'll buy the tool. It'll be your tool. You'll own it. I'll pay for it because I need you to make me a million of these. I'll give you a PO right now. We'll stretch it out so that every quarter I want this many. I, he almost wept. I thought he was going to kiss me right on the lips because I helped him get the tool. It now needs a second shift. And he's got a standing three-year order for me. And I said, sell them to everybody you can. Use the tool. Get me mine first. But yeah. God love you. Get Be successful oh. and go. And, and that's another great point. One of the reasons I include supply chain with manufacturing, uh, you've got to partner with your supply chain, just like you just did. I mean, you, there's got to find ways to work together because they're struggling too. The old mentality from the auto industry is beat your suppliers down so they can't breathe anymore <laughs> and then wonder why there's no loyalty, right? So we've got to change the whole way of thinking that says, look, it's not a manufacturer. It's just not that plant. It's a, it's a bunch of things in and out of, right? The logistics piece, but everything. So that, that's kind of my thinking too. So it's one of the reasons about, I'm really enjoying it because I'm getting this, I'm getting to talk to a lot of folks that uh, they're interesting like yourself and uh, I'm learning some things and uh, maybe it'll do some good. You never know. I, you know, I think it will. If, if people, you're, we get into a little bit of a trance, and we do get, you know, this globalized thinking and stuff gets pushed on us. And there's some real great aspects to it. But as we're talking about building a community and stuff, whatever I can buy or source locally, I do. Um, and there's a couple of things. Number one, I really don't mind paying him an extra two cents per part just for being local. It's almost like neighbor tax that you do it because you love him and it's local. Here's the other thing. I can get in my car and go pick him up. I don't have to wait for it to come yes. somewhere and yes. hope that that truck doesn't get a flat tire. Or hope that that thing doesn't get caught in the Suez Canal. No, I got a, I got a fella. He's young, handsome, and smart. And we got a van and keys. He will be there in two hours to get our parts. And if they need us to help them package them, ship them, or get them, or whatever, it's all hands on deck. And that's part of the culture around my office, too, that, you know, well, that's not my job. We just don't say that. Delivering a finished good is everybody's job, jointly and severally. So if that looks like putting new toilet paper in the bathroom or, you know, sweeping something or staging an area so that things can come, whatever it is, I'm, I'm going to want to get long-winded, whatever it takes to deliver a quality product at a fair price with good customer care, that's all encompassing of whatever title or, or expertise you have. It is a total team effort, all hands on deck. And by God, do it with a smile if you can, because we got to do it anyway. You know, let's 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 sing a good it, huh? Jerry Disney work song. You know, well, where can people reach you? I mean, I, I, your website you talked about. Uh, you're on LinkedIn as well, right? Yeah. So my company name Satic S A T I C is is pretty easy to find. There's just not many companies with that name. Thank goodness, right? Um, we have a LinkedIn presence. We're certainly on Facebook and the social media platforms, but we're also not hard to reach. I'm I'm certainly not a CEO that wants to be aloof or hard to reach or sitting on the ivory tower. That's not who I am. If somebody picks up the phone, 406-493-1861, or goes to staticusa.com, my website, my phones are stuff in there. I, I would love to connect if we can work together. If I can, if my company can buy something that goes into our product, 
that American manufacturers at a good quality and a reasonable price. I'm your customer. Great. Great. I enjoyed having you. Thanks for your time. No, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your cast. Thank you, Martin. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEOs. If you're a successful CEO in manufacturing or supply chain and would like to be part of the program, please visit www.martinharsberger.com apply. If you got some value out of the interview, please share it on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Also, if you know someone that would make a great guest, tag them and let them know about the show. Again, our mission is to focus on manufacturing and supply chain CEOs. We'd like to share your story and provide industry trends and updates that would interest our listeners. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and interviews go a long way in promoting the show. You can connect with me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Martin Harsberger. Uh, or through my website, www.martinharsberger.com. Again, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening.